everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of the Robin Report, uh, and I always like to uh, specify exactly what we are. We're, we are much more than just a daily report, okay? Um, we view ourselves really as a knowledge platform from which uh, we communicate thought leadership on various strategic topics. Uh, through our reports and these podcasts, as well as webinars and hopefully live events uh, in the fall. Anyway, and for, for these podcasts, which uh, usually is a conversation between me and our chief strategist, uh, Shelly Cohan, who, by the way, is also a professor at FIT and Syracuse University. Uh, and we decided earlier in the year that from time to time, uh, depending on our topic, uh, we would invite experts uh, to discuss uh, their work. So today, uh, we're honored to have George Shaw, who founded a super interesting company, really on the cutting edge of technology, and it's called Pather. Pather is spelled P-A-T-H-R, which helps retailers and other industries actually utilize spatial intelligence. <laughs> Shelly, that's a term we don't often hear or read about. That's true, Robin. And George, welcome. I'm so excited. I really miss working with you. And I really miss listening to your strategic view on all the technological advancements, especially in the retail space. Um, the company you founded is really great. And I feel like it can really help the industry. And of course, you are so smart um, and you talk about spatial intelligence very innately, but if you can kind of break it down for our listeners, honestly, I don't even think we've written an article about spatial intelligence uh, yeah, in yeah. the Robin report. Um, so it's really cutting edge in terms of where retailers are at. Um, and you've really decided, you know, developed something that's really kind of way out there. But tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Shelly and Robin. Great to see you both again. Um, yeah. uh, oftentimes when I'm talking about spatial intelligence, I use a sports analogy um, because working with the NBA was actually when I first realized that the power of, of spatial intelligence. So back in 2011, the NBA started tracking every player in every game. And I uh, paid particular attention to this because I was tracking the locations of people in retail stores when I was working with you, Shelly. Um, but the NBA started generating metrics like how far every player ran during the game and how many players were on the court. And spoiler alert, it was always 10. These metrics weren't that interesting to people. <laughs> um, but it wasn't until the startup called Second Spectrum came along. They started building machine learning on top of the tracking data to find every play in the game that a coach would care about. NBA was changed forever. The way basketball got played was fundamentally changed because now a coach could, could look in a big database and say, what do I do when LeBron James is coming down the left side and I'm down by three in the fourth quarter? They had this, this playbook now because they could understand those plays. Well, so if you're the head of, the head of store operations for a retailer, um, you know, you're calling plays that affect hundreds or thousands of stores, right? Um, and you need information at your fingertips. You need good information, not just how many players are running up and down the court, but you need pertinent stuff. You know, how long are your queues and why? Is your customer service desk staffed properly? Um, you know, how long is a restock cycle taking? If you're the head of loss prevention, you know, you've got a different set of plays. You want to you wanna be able to see if somebody's doing something wrong. People are shoplifting. You want to do it in an unbiased way. 
If you're if you're in marketing, your your playbook is very different. Um, but you know what all these retail playbooks have in common is, is the need for deep understanding of human movement through their physical spaces, uh, and that's spatial intelligence. That's really what it is. We don't pretend to know all the plays, uh, but we've built a platform that allows retailers to digitize their playbooks and, and to use those playbooks digitally uh, in ways to help manage their fleets. Well, you know, George, this is an incredible use of technology. It really is. Um, and of course, as Shelly mentioned earlier, we're just getting to know it or understand it. <clears throat> I mean, it's from the old world when we would uh, fill a store with stuff and kind of hoped consumers would come to the store and buy it. Today, we can capture the consumer when they walk through the door, right? And can follow them as they physically spend their time shopping, which then advises retailers, um, uh, i.e. spatial intelligence, how to change things in the store or add to, uh, to optimize sales inventory and ultimately leading to uh, higher profitability. So. George, what actually inspired or led you to uh, launch this business? Oh wow! So it's a it's a it's a long and interesting story, but I'll try to give you <laughs> give you a summary. So I was I was at the MIT Media Lab. I was working on a thing called the Human Speech Home Project, um, where we had recorded three years of video and audio in a professor's home. Uh, that professor had had a had a child, and so we had this three year video and audio data set of this child learning to speak. My, my work was about wow. understanding how the spatial patterns of word usage impacted which words the child was going to learn. So that was the, the, the very first use of spatial intelligence in the real world. Uh, we hadn't called it spatial intelligence at the time. Um, but then a, 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 a guy named Ken Jackowitz, who's now a Pather advisor, was there at the Media Lab as well, working with, with Bank of America, and helped to, to move that same technology into bank branches. So this was the, these were the first fully instrumented retail stores in the world. Bank of America wow, has a branch of stores. This was the very first time that this kind of technology had been had been brought to bear. So I, I left the lab. I, I went and worked at a company called Retail Next with Shelly, working on similar problems. Oh right, right, yeah. Remember I that? At, uh, I, I was at Second Spectrum working with the NBA. I was at a company called Alt School working on uh, on private schools. Um, but the common theme was understanding how people move through through physical spaces. I later went to Intel and helped to build a platform called the Responsive Retail Platform, um, which really gave me a lot of insights about how to deploy spatial intelligence in the real world. You know, how do you take this tech and actually use it in you know, industrial grade applications uh, and scalable applications? So if you connect all those dots, what you end up with is, is Pather. We launched in, uh, in 2019 and have been having a lot of fun ever since. Yeah, you know, George, that's a great story. And it reminds me, it's so interesting to uh, hear how people grew kind of into their careers, you know? And, and that's a great story. And also, George, while I was listening uh, to your description of spatial intelligence, you remind me of a podcast that uh, Shelly and I did with Michael Gould uh, last week. Of course, he's a former Bloomingdale's CEO. And a comment he made about how often consumers may not even know uh, what they want uh, in terms of product. Um, I guess until they see it, right? So, but they do expect a high level of service, very few pain points, as we know, and therefore kind of a seamless shopping journey. And now, of course, Pather is able to drill down to determining what those things are during the shopping journey that moves 
customers closer to purchase, right? And loyalty, I might add, or on the other hand, or away from it, uh, thus advising uh, changes that the, the, that the retailer should be making to other stores. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, con consumer and staff behavior. I mean, that's that. That's what we do. That's all we focus on. That's that, that's what we help to to understand. Um, and you know, I think orchestrating that delicate dance that, that's required to provide a, a, an exciting, seamless shopping experience for consumers. That's that's where technology like ours really shines. And you can you can imagine if you can automatically understand anytime a customer needs help anywhere in a store. Customers will always have the help that they need. You can orchestrate staff to always be in the right place at the right time. And that's the kind of thing that spatial intelligence is, is really good at. We, we work with another retailer, a luxury retailer, who, who wants to give their customers you know, very personal experience. Somebody walks in and they want to you know, really give them the white glove treatment. Um, and so we were, we were first able to help them understand what that that person perfect personal experience is you know, how, how when do customers want to be approached and and for how long and so on so we were able to give them data to help them understand exactly what that experience is that they were going for but to make consumers happy and then give them the tools to be able to manage that experience going forward and you know in an ongoing way to make sure that every one of their customers gets that white glove treatment that they were looking for that sounds great and i i think you know when we spoke yesterday george uh, we talked a little bit about some of the work that you're doing with uh, malls. I, I'd love for you to kind of share a little bit about that. I think it's really interesting because there's been a lot of talk about malls and what's going to become of malls and right. the space of malls and are people not going to malls and, you know, what can mall operators really do and can you help them? Yeah, we definitely can. We're, we're working with mall operators now. Um, it, it's some really exciting data that we're, that we're able to provide them and, and tools that we're able to give them um, to help manage their spaces. Um, one, one of the things that I think is, is most interesting that we're doing with malls and, and actually applies in a lot of retail stores too, especially big box stores, is to, to give them statistics about impressions. And so how many people saw each location at that mall? How many people saw the different tenants? How many people saw the digital signage? And we let them measure that. And if you think about that inside a store as well, that, that's measuring showrooming behavior. How many people saw each of these items independently of where they actually bought it? Um, it's really interesting because, if, you know, if you can count impressions in the physical world the same way Google counts impressions on a web page, well, you, you can potentially monetize those impressions in the physical world the same way Google monetizes those, those impressions on a web page, or at least you can impact the, the, the behavior. But it's, it, it's really analogous. And I think that's one of, the, one of the most exciting things that we're doing with malls. It, it really kind of speaks to the, the changing nature of malls and the changing nature of retail and, and you know, some of the tools that are coming down the pipe. Well, well, I also think, oh, sorry, go ahead, Robin. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I hope, George, that uh, a lot of those malls uh, will use your technology and solution. I mean, as you know, they're, as Shelly said, they're, they're, a lot of them are in deep trouble. But uh, anyway, go ahead, Shelly. I was going to say another uh, use case is you talk about impressions is the whole marketing you know, really looking at your RII on marketing. You know, we spend so much time and effort, you know, trying to put together go-to-market strategies, but are they really working? We can tell by sales a little bit if things are working, but there's so many, so much other rich data that can be learned about, you know, how effective our marketing is. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and you know, again, it's analogous to, to what happens online. When you when you, you know, put an ad online, you can measure exactly how many people saw it, how many people clicked it. You know, every everything that happens on a web page is measured. 
and th those tools didn't exist before for the for the physical world. That's, that, yeah. that's one of the things we're building and one, something we're really excited about. I think I think the other thing that would be really uh, helpful to understand is um, kind of the integration between location intelligence with in-store analytics, online analytics. Um, so obviously online metrics are collected as the shopping journey occurs online. And we also have in-store analytics that can be done through either geolocation data or through cameras and Wi-Fi. You know, how does spatial data collected, how is it collected and how is it integrated into other data sources to really provide a robust view of this shopping journey? Good question. Yes, yeah, good question. We, so we, we're able to collect spatial data in lots of different ways. Uh, we, we work with any type of sensor, existing cameras, Wi-Fi, door counters, lot, lots of other types of sensors. Doesn't, doesn't matter where, the, where the, the original source of the data is. We wanna work with sensors that are already there. And you know, we consider camera sensors, but hardware that's already there. You know, folks have lots of, lots of hardware, lots of kind of IoT devices already in place. So we work with those and, and we use those to track the locations of people and then build the functionality on top of that tracking to give you know the, the metrics that we're talking about these kind of online like metrics for for the physical world. Yeah, and, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry, George. <laughs> and, and 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 then we we can blend those metrics with with the stuff that folks are already collecting online. And it's a really nice kind of synergy. I, I, I keep talking about impressions, and and I think that's the that, that that's sort of the right analogy. Now you have impressions online, and you have impressions offline, and you can sort of understand behavior that way. But that's a great selling point, George, the, the ability to use uh, their existing hardware. Um, obviously, it, it helps in terms of the cost side of it. I also would like to make a comment uh, that, you know, the collection of all this data is one thing, right? I mean, it's pretty easy to collect it through your process. Of course, the analysis of it is another thing, and it's, it's obviously key, right? And then the implementation of uh, it is obviously the most important part of the process in changing and or adding or removing, I don't know, store fixtures and suggested uh, service service elements. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that, that analysis, I, I think, I, I think is really where we shine. And so, you know, back to the, the sports analogy of, you know, being able yeah. to do like a deeper analysis, let's, let's figure out the plays, you know, what, what are the plays that somebody needs to call? I think what I'm going to do is uh, do a little pivot here, because I know that if I were listening to this podcast, I'd be, this would be a top of mind for me. And that is, you know, the privacy issue. And you and I, George, we've known each other a long time. And I know you've always been like a really big advocate of, customer privacy data. And so let's talk a little bit about that, the impact on the consumer and, you know, uh, love to get your views on, you know, we're collecting so much data. What's your kind of perspective about the data privacy and, and how does that relate to Pather? Yeah, you're, you're exactly right, Shelly. You know, that, that that's really important to me. It's, it's really important to Pather is, is protecting people's privacy. And that's, that's one of the, one of the, you know, kind of key things that we think about as we build the platform is that it's, it, it's privacy sensitive right from the ground up, you know, right, right, right from the design forward. Um, we don't, we don't collect any personally identifiable information. We don't do age, gender, ethnicity, any of that stuff. 
We don't re-identify people when they come back to a location, um, you know, all, all in order to maintain con consumer privacy. Those are, those are all things that we do to, to make sure that we're protecting consumers' privacy. Um, and so this gives retailers, the, you know, the, the comfort that they're using you know, fair and equitable data that's, that protects people's privacy. It's anonymous, it's unbiased, um, so that they can make decisions using that data and, and you know, have no, no risk of any bias, any privacy infringement. Yeah, you know, protecting consumer data today is really extremely important, um, particularly in this age of, of, of everything chaotic, um, <laughs> changing world, technology era. But it's also interesting that many consumers that trust the brand uh, they do business with are really less sensitive uh, to data protection. Um, you know, customer information has to be used in a way uh, that they feel is right. I mean, it has to elevate the shopping journey and it has to be relevant. So anyway, what, what will retailers lose if they don't start thinking about spatial intelligence, George, and really understanding how people interact with people, places, and things in their stores? Right. Yeah, well, um, Peter Drucker, I think, said, if you, if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. Mm -hmm. I, think that's, I, I think that's so important. You know, if retailers don't have these kinds of insights driven by real data, you know, they, they have no way to, to, to know if they've made improvements. It's, it's going to be nearly impossible um, to improve. You know, online retailers have all this data. That's, that's how they've been able to improve the experiences. Um, and so, you know, brick and mortar retailers really need to, to put a data, data forward strategy and to think about you know, how they can have the same kinds of data. And you know, I, I, of course, believe that spatial intelligence is the way to do that. Yeah, it certainly is. And, and George, one thing I've been writing about kind of ad nauseum <laughs> is this notion of uh, personalization, quote unquote, uh, that consumers today, young consumers, um, want to feel that the brands and retailers engaging them are personalizing their offering and their shopping journey, whatever that is. And while we know it's impossible to literally personalize the journey and the products, what you provide uh, with Pathers uh, Spatial Intelligence is a super tool for brands and retailers to get much closer to that personal engagement. And I just wanna thank you so much, George, uh, for a real learning experience here uh, for us and our audience. I mean, it was terrific. And I now will know when I hear spatial intelligence, I'll know exactly what it is and I'll probably think of you. <laughs> That's great. Thanks, Robin. I really appreciate you having me on today. And, thank and you. George, yeah, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> thank you too, Shelly. Really, really appreciate the conversation. No, it's great. And I think one of the things Robin and I feel very strongly about is, uh, we really want to help the industry be better retailers. That's kind of our, yep. you know, yep. we want to make them smarter. We want to, you know, introduce them to things. And I think today we've done a great job of that because honestly, my colleagues don't call me up asking me about spatial intelligence. So thank you <laughs> uh, for that. Um, Hopefully for, now they will. <laughs> I know my phone's going to be ringing off the hook. But uh, for our listeners, you can find more of our podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and of course, therobinreport.com. Please follow us on social media and link in with us. Also, Thank follow you. us on Twitter for the latest thoughts about the industry. And um, I'd like to close by thanking our listeners 
for you know coming on to this program. And I just want to thank George again. And by the way, um, I say this every week, but anybody, any of the listeners out there who, if you have a topic uh, that you've been ruminating about in your mind, and we would like Shelly and I, maybe another expert, uh, cover that topic, please email me, robin at therobinreport.com. Thanks again.